Welcome to Experiences Canada's Allyship Podcast Series. After participating in a four-month program of bi-weekly webinars on various social justice topics, over 50 youth aged 14 to 18 from across Canada gathered in Winnipeg, Manitoba from May 6th to 8th, 2022 to share their ideas and strategies for community action and youth engagement. As a culminating project for the program, the youth were asked to work collaboratively to develop, record, and edit these podcast episodes on youth allyship and advocacy. We are excited to share their work with the world and provide them with a platform to amplify their voices. Enjoy! Hi, welcome to our Disable podcast. My name is Rylan. My pronouns are he, him. I have an invisible disability, ADHD. Um, I work with multiple organizations across Canada to work and ally with disabled youth. Hello, my name is AJ. My pronouns are they, them, and I have two invisible disabilities. I am diagnosed with ASD, autism spectrum disorder, and severe tinnitus. I am a poet and author known in my community for being non-binary and disabled. I've spread disability awareness about special needs, accessibility, and discrimination throughout my work in many conferences, magazines, and interviews I've participated in. Hi, I'm Megan, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm an early graduate with an invisible disability called autism. My biggest accomplishments are from volunteering and different acting uh, for writing in theater projects. I also volunteer my time with my volunteer group in my hometown called Impact, where I'm spearheading a mural project. Hi, my name is Devin. I use the pronoun she, her. I have an invisible disability called juvenile idiopathic arthritis. I work with a nonprofit organization called Take a Pain Check that works to raise awareness about juvenile arthritis and rheumatic diseases through podcasts that help others struggling to feel less alone. I also work with an organization called Cassian Friends that works to help make a better life and find a cure for juvenile arthritis. Hi, my name is Liam. I use pronouns he, him. I have a uh, below-the-knee amputation and have been part of WarAMPS for many years now, which is an organization that helps lead to possible solutions to problems that people with similar amputations or other amputations alike. It's also a way to bring the community together to discuss how our lives are going and just what we have been up to. I am also a assistant coach for sledge hockey, which is Paralympic hockey. Hi, my name is Annika and my pronouns are she, her, and I have a friend with a prosthetic leg. I have been interested in disability justice ever since I learned about it and always have wanted to fight for everyone's rights. So what is a visible disability? A visible disability is a disability that you can physically see. So like someone with a prosthetic leg or a missing arm. So Liam, could you tell us a bit about your story? So one thing that I want to talk about is the fact that with a visible disability or really any disability, there is a lot of stigma around the topic, especially towards the fact that we aren't quote unquote normal because we can't do the same things that others do. An example of this is for, let's say, you're in a gym class situation, I would not be able to do any jumping events such as long jump. And kids would often ask why I couldn't do it because the gym teacher didn't understand beforehand and didn't tell me that we were doing long jump. So I would have to explain to the kids why I wasn't doing it, which kind of put a barrier in between me and everyone else. And this is personally from my story. Everybody has a different story, which is why before you do anything, it is important to ask questions and ask everybody what they are comfortable with so that you're not assuming anything. So has anyone ever like excluded you just because of the way you look? 
Um, personally, me, not overly, because I grew up in a town where I was born with it. Everybody knew me from, right, from when I was at school. They knew that I had a prosthetic leg. However, I do know stories of my friends who have had an amputation later in their life due to some sort of accident, and they have felt excluded because they used to play a whole bunch of sports with their friends, but then as soon as they had an amputation, what they told me was their friends acted different around them. They almost acted as if they were more fragile than they were before, which isn't the case often, as people have their own set limitations that they want to set. They don't want them to be set by someone else. If I see you walking down the street, do you want us to just treat you like a normal person, or how do you want us to act around you? See, the problem with that is, like like you said, it's quote-unquote normal. Normal is such a discrepancy to the word, because normal could mean a variety of different things. Normal as in people with one leg, people with two legs. What really is normal? So I would say, instead of treating someone like a normal person, just treat everybody as people. There really is no normal. Have you ever felt that due to the fear of asking questions due to, like, lack of education about your disability, people, like, make comments that make you feel, like, more excluded or that it's harder for you to set your own limits really just because they're, like, not educated and they're too afraid to ask questions? Like, does that happen often? I I wouldn't say it happens often, but it, it definitely does happen because... It's the fact that people are scared to ask questions, that they, they don't want to ask questions because they feel bad, right? They're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to ask this question because they might get upset, or like, I don't want to ask this question because it might seem rude of me. Whereas I would much rather someone ask me a question like, hey, like, are you sure? Like, like I wouldn't want them to ask me, am I able to do something? I would want them to ask me how I would prefer things to be done, so that way I can set my own limitations, rather than them assuming something of me. So basically you're saying it's just better to ask questions than just make assumptions. It is way better to ask questions. I would much rather everyone ask questions than not. Can I ask you a question? Go right ahead. Um, has anything funny or um, like more amusing happened to you because of said prosthetic leg? I, I do actually have a really funny story. So me and my friends were on a uh, tire swing and my leg, it was really cold out. So my leg wasn't exactly fitting well that day. And we were going around really, really fast. And all of a sudden my leg just flew off and hit a guy right in the nuts. I felt so bad for him, but at the same time, it was hilarious. (laughs) So my question, it's kind of a two-parter. Yeah. Um, in the idea of prosthetics, do you see robotic prosthetics being um, good for um, amputees? Um, and are there any robot prosthetics you want, or do you like your just normal? All right. Um, so personally speaking, I wouldn't want a robotic leg because right now the technology is so heavy. Like, they are really cool. But I have friends who have, like, robotic limbs, and they say they rarely wear them just because of how heavy they are. So I feel before we can move on to that step, we need to work on the technologies that we have, which is honestly being part of an ally. Like, being an ally is being there, making the technologies better for the advancements so that people can live their lives better. And another part on that is I'm lucky enough that I live in Saskatchewan, so I don't have to 
pay for my legs. Whereas somebody in, let's say, Manitoba or Alberta, they have to pay to get their legs, which I personally can't imagine. Why would you have to pay for a leg? It's not a luxury, it's a necessity. Are there any other questions that you guys would like to ask? I'm, I'm an open book. <laughs> Um, I don't think so. I think you've covered it pretty well for us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So an invisible disability is something that's typically more neurological um, and something that you can't just see a plane on a person. Like when you look at me, you can't tell I have um, any sorts of disabilities um, such as ADHD. You, you can't tell on um, AJ over here and you can't tell on Devin. And it's more something you'd have to find out through them asking or you'd have to talk to them to kind of realize Um yeah, and they're mainly kind of ignored in the sense, like lots of people don't acknowledge them as what they are. Um, but here's a little bit about my story. Um, so when I was growing up, I was constantly yelled at by teachers and stuff, you know, we yeah, can all relate yeah. to that. Um, because like, I was constantly on the roof, like, I have pretty bad ADHD. So I was off the roof. When I was in grade school, I constantly was like, understood, like, that the kids in the class with an EA were also not heard out or listened to, like, when they were doing schoolwork. Like, they are never listened to. Like, they're like, this is too easy. The the EA was like, no, you need to do this. Or, like, just stuff like that. So I constantly felt for them. But it took me a little while to realize, like, how bad it was. Like, once we got into about grade 6, I started realizing, like, oh, these kids can really do a lot more with their life. And I feel like we all realize that. Like, they were a lot smarter than what they were made out to be. So at about that age group both one of them left the school and I became a gymnastics coach in about grade seven or eight and his sister actually came into one of my classes it was one of my um, disabled classes actually for autism um, this boy had autism the one that we are talking about so his sister and then I talked to his parents like hey how's this kid doing like what happened with him like how's he doing like it's been a minute. And they were like, oh, he's good. We just had to leave the school, like, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, yeah, that's understandable. Like, I understand. Um, but I ended up, like, sharing more and more with them, like, talking with them and being like, yeah, I kind of experienced that there, too. Like, I was constantly yelled at for things that it was strictly because I just had so much energy and I was not learning in the, like, typical classroom environment. So we worked through all that. And then Slowly, we worked with my organizations to um, help and work with EAs in, throughout our schools and change some of that, like, understanding of how to work with neurological disabilities. Anyways, so working with them instead of against them and kind of teaching them how we actually need to be taught, how the learning environment we need to be given to kind of understand, right? And that not every person learns the same way. You don't need to do the work for us. We understand what we're doing, like... I, as well, definitely need different, I have different needs in the classroom than a lot of other students. Um, I deal with a lot of chronic pain issues, and so at times it can be really hard for me to sit for long periods of time or to be able to sit in a classroom and write, like, a test that is, like, hours long. And a lot of the time when I it's either approached, I'm either approached in a way where I almost feel like I'm being pitied because if I, if they are informed of it, they will treat me like I don't know how to set my own limits. So they'll come up to me and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, you can, you can go, um, you're like, you don't have to write this test or whatever. I'm like, no, like I am capable. I'm intelligent. I deserve to write this test. I just need to take 
breaks and it's or if I do set my own limits like if I do want to be like hey like I I need to take a break then I find a lot of times too sometimes because they're not educated on really what an invisible disability is because it's not as visible on me there'll be a lot of people that will be like saying things like okay well um I don't, I don't really see the need for that, though. You seem like you're doing fine. Or, oh, but you don't look like you're not feeling well. You don't look like you're disabled. Yeah, which I is the worst comment to get. Like, I'm pretty sure I would know. Really, I think there needs to be so much more education on how a disability can look and feel different for every single person that, ex- like, experiences it. Because there's definitely, because there's, like, a lack of education on that, there's not needs being met and I really feel like I'm just not heard like ever whenever I'm trying to set my own limits so yeah I totally agree with no one has ever stopped to ask us like hey how's it been for you like and I'm sure that um Liam and Megan can relate as well you can definitely understand that no one wants to actually know they just want to know how can they help us like yeah like it's not helping it's really destroying honestly it feels almost like some people generally do want to help, but other times it really does feel like it's more self-serving for them. Yeah, it's so, just babying us to make them feel like they're actually doing I something. I feel like it would just be so much better if they really took the time to think about genuine questions that they can approach like us with. Because if you ask questions and I can like educate you, then that's better than you just making assumptions and kind of just self-serving yeah. yourself. Yeah. And then making comments that invalidate my experiences and like making it really hard for my needs to be met. I want yeah. to feel you care. I genuinely want to help. And even with people that you should be able to talk about your disability with, sometimes it's hard because they don't get it. Sure. Like I have a friend and I think we were, we were watching some show. It was like right after I was diagnosed officially. And I was like, oh, this char- this character is autistic. Like, he can't tell me otherwise. Look at how they act. Yeah. And my friend was like, like, I mean, you can't say that because you're not autistic. Like, you can't just assume people are autistic. And I'm like, I am autistic, though. And she was, she just told me, oh, but it doesn't like affect you really. So you're, it was basically, you're not really autistic because you're not like smashing your head against the wall or something. People really don't understand like the difference Mm -hmm. between like that there's different branches of like some ADHD. No, it's not that bad, but they still, you need to still respect that they have that. Some people are on meds to help them. Like just because you don't, you don't know what they're doing to help themselves. Like not have to enter this situation and you just put them there. You know? I'm lucky because I'm neurotypical passing because I can mask really well mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm functional. Yeah. But, and, but some people aren't and a lot of neurotypical people think that if you have a um, neurological disability, like you're either really dumb, smashing your head on walls, yeah. which is an exam- which is a question I've gotten lots of time. People ask me if I've ever smashed my head on walls, or like, either or this like stereotype of if you're autistic, you're automatically a math genius. Yeah, and some people are, but that's just because we see logic in a different way. And, yeah, so, yeah, stereotypes like that. It all comes back down to like that education part. But like mm-hmm. a stereotype I get all the time. I have like juvenile arthritis, and a stereotype I always get is oh, arthritis is only for old people. You're too young to have arthritis. I've gotten the comment of about my tinnitus. Like, you were talking about tests earlier and mm-hmm. needing to take breaks. I have um, I have severe tinnitus, which is basically, um, you know, in action movies when there's a bomb and the main character hits his head and for, like, a solid 10 seconds, there's just a... 
but whenever there's it sometimes it gets like kind of drowned out by if there's someone else or another sound but during for example tests when no one's talking it can get like louder i yeah. guess silence and, is loud yeah that period silence is loud yeah and then i need to i have a headphones that aren't noise canceling mm-hmm. but provide kind of a, a kind of an ocean noise you know yeah. like seashells yeah. that help a lot but since they're actual headphones and not just like yeah, noise, muffs. Yeah, muffs. A lot of teachers won't allow me to have them during tests mm-hmm. because it's not like a big deal. And yeah. the amount of yeah. times I've been told I'm just like obnoxious because I need sound in the room. Like, in there, if there's no sound, I'm making that sound. Yeah. And I've been called obnoxious. But like, is that why you're so loud all the time? Yeah, I can't do silent sounds. It's yeah. not something I silent do well. And also the thing about me needing special needs um, is that I was also diagnosed ridiculously late in life because when like I'm functioning, but also the the huge uh, sex and gender gap between males and females getting diagnosed with any disability is absolutely ridiculous because let's say like ignoring the fact that of like non-binary people, let's just say like little boys and girls, when a boy goes around you know, screaming and not being able to sit still, it's like, oh, we should probably bring you to the the doctor just in case. Maybe you have ADHD. Um, But when a little girl runs around screaming or pulling hair, it's like, oh, she's just a little troublemaker. She's a gossip. She's going to get all the boys when she grows up. And it's it's this entire thing. And especially when you're a girl and you have a female little girl when you have autism and you're and you don't know what's really going on and you're just sitting there in a corner not understanding people, not understanding jokes or anything, people will just think you're shy or you're smart and it's this, oh, it's like normal, you know, because women are supposed to be silent and still and pretty. Um, But then as you grow up and you realize, like, it's not just sitting still and being shy, it's wanting to interact but not knowing how. And then once I finally, like, I joined TikTok and social media and I saw people for the first time openly talking about having autism and I figured like wait a second holy shit this is me like I'm the one that doesn't understand people I'm the one that doesn't understand jokes and puns and wordplay because they don't make sense because my logic is different than others and when I I was so scared of being disabled internalized ableism and whatnot that I lied to my parents and I went to a walk-in clinic to try to like figure out, hey, maybe do I, maybe I have this? Should I take further steps to get officially diagnosed? And I walked in and I talked about my the ringing in my ears first, the tinnitus, because I was also meaning to check that out. And she was like, ah, maybe, yeah, sure. Okay, you have tinnitus, why not? And then I asked about autism and she looked at me and asked, she was also a woman, like a female doctor, and she looked me straight in the eyes and just said, are you sure it's not your period? Whoa. And I was like, I haven't been menstruating since I was born my entire life. <laughs> it was this entire thing. and Doctors yeah. are quick to assume any girl diagnosis is period related. Yeah, like, and I'm a guy and I can say that confidently. Sure. Like, because I found too, like... I've had like a lot of like dizzy dizziness issues like um, related to um, iron deficiency and also I'm not sure if I have some we haven't fully gotten I have some undiagnosed issues going on too like we're thinking I might have some dysautonomia where my autonomic nervous system doesn't work as well like maybe some pots or stuff well, like that. I have a question with your um, with your arthritis. Yeah. Um, 
I'm sure you get cramps from muscle spasms. And let me guess, that's also blamed on your period? I'm um, sure it's not just period cramps. <laughs> yeah, no. Maybe you're exaggerating. I have, I have uh, yeah, well, actually. They're really not that I bad, get, actually. I get oh, a lot no. of back and hip pain, too, because um, you may not realize it, but, like, your back and hips are, like, really so big. Important. They're such big joints in your body. And um, with my type of arthritis, I do get a lot of inflammation in there. And at the beginning, a lot, sometimes they're just, like, oh, well, you know, it could be, like, ovarian cysts. It could be, and I'm like, okay, but I've gotten ultrasounds. It's not. Please figure out something else to do to help me. Like, and it's a lot. It's often blamed on, like, things like menstrual cycles or things related to, like, that kind of thing. And it's so frustrating because I know that if I wasn't a female, that I would be taken so much more seriously in that moment. And it just delays necessary treatment to a more pain-free life. And it's so frustrating. So, Guys aren't always treated equally either. Like, lots of them, they're seen as over-exaggerating yeah. for certain things. But, like, we definitely, in the end scheme of things, we can't ever blame, like, when we have stomach problems, it's never blamed on, like, our ovaries or, like... Because you don't have any. I know, exactly. Like, there, I've never been asked, like, all these extra questions you guys have to be asked, like, when your stomach hurts mm-hmm. or, like, has anything to do with a, like, disorder or something. I never asked, hey, could you just be, like like i have to go through all <laughs> yeah. those steps like oh you're having you're having hip pain are you sure you might not be pregnant like, yeah or like, i don't have to go through those steps so i definitely get a diagnosis quicker it's I've just had, like yeah, being hurt out you i've know? had inflamed um like nodules in my stomach as well and i'm not sure if it's from arthritis or again another undiagnosed condition i honestly have so many issues that i've I only have one diagnosed condition, but I have a lot of stuff. But, um, like, again, I go to the ER for, like, severe stomach pain, and they're like, oh, are you sure you're not pregnant? I'm like, yes, I'm sure. Thanks. Like, it's so frustrating. So I have two questions here. So you guys were talking a lot about, like, education and stuff like that. So do you guys feel like there should be a class on, like, disabilities and, like, just to make sure that people understand what they are and, like, not how to treat them necessarily, but just, like, how to talk. I believe it should be just part of the teacher's curriculum. Yeah. Why? In it's, social studies or something? I No, I feel like the teacher should learn that when they go to education school. Or even as simple as just a day of recognition. Yeah, yeah. So or like talking to us and understanding what we need from them, what we'd like as an expectation. But at the it's same just... time, to not like force us to, like it's not our responsibility like, to educate you. Like, yes, we want to, but at the same time, Google exists. Yeah. Google's I think it really just comes down to, like, people needing to understand that this is our lives that we have to live. And so all we want is for you to respect us enough to take the initiative to try your best to educate yourself. And then if you do have questions, just um, think of, like, I would much rather you come up to me with respectful questions than just leave it be. Um, like AJ said, it's not our responsibility to educate you, but if you do have questions, I would much rather you come up and ask the questions. And it really just comes down to taking the initiative to educate yourself um, on how to be like how to be able to help us more like I and I know for a fact honestly that if you want to it's really not that hard because I have a friend that did full-on research on the medical condition I had just to be able to like help me um at school and it made all the difference she was the only person that's ever done that even just even just like looking it up is such a movement she asked 
she asked very respectful questions. Um, she wasn't like hesitant about it, but she had respectful questions. She took the initiative to learn herself, and she was the only person that's ever done that for me. And it really does, it makes all the difference. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And she's like, what do you mean? It wasn't that hard. That's an says, ally. And it says yeah. so much about our society that searching something up is is such like an allyship. Just it, like knowing yeah. what you're asking. Like as yeah. soon as we entered this room, we asked everyone like, hey, what's what's your like disability like why is everyone in this group what's your initiative oh you're and, missing a leg can I, I hold it like literally when i walked in this room aj was holding up our amputee's leg i turn around and i was like what the hell <laughs> like, get that. because that's like that's honestly part about being an ally it's being there because like, like having personally fun. i love having fun and like making jokes about yeah. it because like it's, it's an icebreaker. You work with it. You work with it, not against it. My final question, just to tie everything together. Yeah. Um, would you guys say that there's similarities between invisible and visible disabilities? Oh, definitely. definitely. Well, most definitely. There's two different words for it. I feel like as an invisible... Like, this is the first time I've openly spoke about my ADHD because I've never... Even when I'm in this room, I know it's it's classified as a neurological disability. I've never, like, when you guys keep saying disabilities, I'm like, I don't fit into this group because I've ignored it for so long because my yeah. teachers would yell at me for it and I just kind of went along with it. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've ignored it for so long that even in this room where everyone knows I'm, like, have ADHD, I don't classify myself as having a disability. And I think, like, there's definitely a lot of similarities on the experiences that we feel between, like, visible and invisible disabilities because... I think the main thing for no matter what kind of spectrum you're on there, um, I'm feeling unheard is like just a really a really big thing. So yeah. I definitely think that's that's a big thing, and we we all have our own struggles that affect our life that we have to deal with. So I would say yeah, for sure, definitely. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It has been amazing. It was a great conversation. Um, thank everyone for listening. Thank you for Experiences Canada. Thank you, Liam. Thank you, Devin. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, AJ. Um, thank you, Rylan. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> this is the first room I've ever spokenly, like, openly spoke about it because everyone's like, oh, I have ADHD. And felt safe about it. And felt, like, not felt like, oh, they're like, oh, I have ADHD to me. Also, thank you, Annika, for interviewing us. Oh, yes, yes. Thank Annika. You, Annika. Thank you so much. Oh, is your name not on here? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's not my script. Um, but okay. yes, and thank you to our youth leader, Stefan. And thank you for listening to Disabled. We would like to take a moment to thank our wonderful sponsors, the Department of Canadian Heritage, Canada Life, Power Corporation, and WestJet for making this series possible. Experiences Canada is a nationally registered charity that helps young Canadians to explore their country in ways they may have never imagined through reciprocal exchanges, forums, and other experiential learning opportunities to travel and connect with one another. Please visit our website, www.experiencescanada.ca, for more information on our programs. Be sure to check out the other podcasts in our allyship series and learn alongside us as we work towards becoming better allies in all aspects of our lives.